I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey y'all, I'm Joe Tower, and you're listening to Boys Will Be Boys Tales of Male Folly, a storytelling podcast. Each episode, we will bring you one new story recorded in front of a live audience at our bi-monthly show at the Virgil Bar in Los Angeles. The live show lineup is four storytellers, all boys. And by boys, I mean men, but let's face it, all men are boys. And the stories that make up both the show and subsequently this podcast are hopefully the stories that make those boys blush with shame in their telling. I'm the host, and if you're ever in the LA area, please check out our Facebook page. It's www.facebook.com slash Tales of Male Folly for upcoming event dates and times. You can also check out our Tumblr blog, talesofmalefolly.tumblr.com. You can listen to this podcast anytime. Also, if you have a story to tell and you'd like to tell it either in spoken or written form, please contact us. Our email address is talesofmalefolly at gmail.com. Okay, on with the folly. This is our first episode, and the story you're about to hear about marijuana and magic was recorded on May 24th, 2016 at The Virgil. Jimmy Vickery is a very special individual to me, not only because he's a wonderful and prolific stand-up comedian both in Chicago and Los Angeles, but he's also an old buddy of mine from way back. Jimmy performed for our show for the first time when we were back at the Comedy Central stage, and in fact, told a story that concerned male folly on both his and my part. This story involves only Jimmy, and a rock star, and a pretty stoned experience at the Magic Castle where Jimmy became unsure where one trick ended and the next one began. So, enjoy the folly. Thanks for listening. All right, give it up for Joe Tower, your host. Everybody. <laughs> Telling stories, doing charity, getting it all done. Um, thanks, everyone. Well, uh, Joe mentioned uh, that show I did. And that's kind of my start. I, you know, this is tales of male folly. And when I think about men and women, I, I, I think we're all pretty similar, actually. We have the same, like, fears, same desires. But there are definitely differences. One of the differences that I've learned through my own life experience, and I'm married, so being with my wife, is that guys can tend to be a little reckless, a little more reckless, you know? Like, between my wife and I, if one of us is going to do too much of something that person is always going to be me you know like 100% of the time whatever that thing is someone's overdoing it it's me and um and so that's why I'm going to tell you a story about me being way too high at the magic castle <laughs> all right 
Now, on the surface, you're like, oh, you're about to tell a high story. Yes, that's true. That's, that's very true. But there's also part of me that thinks I've also experienced the portal to another part of the universe that no one else has experienced, and I'm going to share that. So it's kind of, or maybe it's in between, Joe. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'd heard about the Magic Castle. I'm from Chicago, like Joe said. I'd heard about it before we moved here, and I, I was intrigued immediately. Like this castle in Hollywood Hills with magicians. And so, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian, and I worked for like four, four or five solid years. I worked as a clown in Chicago, like a birthday clown. I don't know how that... I did a little bit of magic, okay? I'm kind of a magician. Um, so, <laughs> clown comedian guy, magic castle, mystery, I'm all in. And, uh, and, and then I heard you needed like, to be invited, which I don't think is totally true, but I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Um, you have to be invited. And so my wife and I, not too long after moving, got an invitation through our friends. And our friends, it's this, a couple, Ellen and David, Ellen is an old friend of my wife, Kristen. They, uh, they were roommates at one time in Chicago. And her boyfriend, David, they've been together a while. They're a great couple. He is David Yao. He was the lead singer of this band, Jesus Lizard, which had like a, it's like this punk band that had a cult following. I never heard of them, actually. But I have friends who, like, that was their favorite band. So that's the couple we're going with. Old friends. And uh, so on the way there... By the way, there's a dress code for the Magic Castle. For guys, you have to wear like a sport coat and tie and all that. Everything I wore for my trip there was purchased that day at Banana Republic. Okay, just to tell you about where I'm at in life. And uh, like everything besides the boxers and T-shirt, I bought shoes, socks, pants, belt, shirt, tie, jacket that day to go to the Magic Castle. I was so excited. And I was like, well, this is a perfect opportunity have a pot brownie i mean duh <laughs> that's like that's like your 3d glasses for a 3d movie so we stopped after banana republic at a dispensary uh, one we hadn't been to been to before but we'd heard good things and we got this uh brownie we got home we're getting ready and so i had my portion which is always like at least double my wife's and i bit into it and if you ever had a pot edible I've had this experience just once or twice where I like I I bit in and I started chewing. And I'm like, oh, that's potent. I just ingested too much marijuana, you know. Like I know it instantly, but there's nothing you can do about it. And so I just continue getting dressed, and we're going to the Magic Castle now. To some people that might sound like a nightmare scenario. You're about to be too high at this Magic Castle, but. I, like I said, I've, you know, I've ingested things. I'm fine. Like, I don't, I'm not prone to paranoia. I'm like, just settle in, you know? And that's what I do. They pick us up. We drive over there. We enter. It's everything I want it to be. You know, dark wood stuff. Just a, like a mysterious feel. <laughs> I'm all in. And uh, now, the way we got the invitation, though, our friends David and Ellen, they are friends with this couple that is essentially the family of the Magic Castle owners, the Larsons. The guy was a fan of David's a long time ago, and they became friends like 20 years ago. And so his family, this is their place. So not only am I going, but I have the, just this under complete weird circumstance and fortune to be like a VIP. 
Now, if this were a short film, you'd see a little clock in the corner as I'm telling, like, I know this is like, you know, it's like a 15 minute drive. We settle in, we get in 35 minutes. I know this thing's going to start kicking in fairly soon. And, uh, but luckily we settle into the restaurant. We, we got a table, like a great table at this nice restaurant. Again, very woody. Just picture wood everywhere. <laughs> and, and, and because I'm with these people, like we're getting treated like VIPs, like people drop in every so often. Like this, a manager with an earpiece, like you need anything, you need anything. And at one point in dinner, and by the way, uh, so I start to feel it during dinner a little bit. But, but, you know, I'm fine. I'm just having a good time laughing. Everyone's very entertaining at the table. I'm into it. And uh, I have, you can tell I was really high because I ordered a glass of wine and I had like two sips of it. Like who just leaves a glass of wine? Um, but, I, I, but I knew I was just like, I'm getting pretty high. Uh, Kristen, my wife, also I know is too high, but she had less than me. But we both like can eye contact with each other. And we haven't told anyone. We're like, oh yeah, th- that was too much, right? Good, cool. Um, and we just go about dinner, and, uh, and like I said, laughing, having a good time. Although at one point I ordered a steak, and it was a very steaky place, you know. So I had I had a steak, and I ate part of something that I think was just supposed to be a garnish, because it didn't go down right. And I could feel it like I was choking for the second half of the dinner. Um, <laughs> you know, not to the point to like call attention to it, but like something's wrong. I don't know what to do about it. I kept drinking water. Nothing's happening. It's still back there. So at some point during the dinner, a manager with an earpiece comes up and he's like, I can get two of you, there's six of us, into the close-up theater for the special show. I know. And, and he walks away. He's like, you just have to pick two. And so Blair, the woman, our host, you know, who's part of this, she married into this family. She's like, well, David, to the, to the musician, you have to go. I want you to experience who do you want to be your guest. And we have a quick little discussion, and it falls on me to go, to go with David to the special show. And uh, because, well, probably for right now, actually, we're experiencing the moment uh, why they chose me, Joe, is because I will talk about it. No one else would talk about it. Because they'd be like, I'm too high. But um, I'm like, okay, I'm in. So me and him go. And like I said, I, like, I feel okay. You know, like, all right. I, I'd rather not be so engaged in a weird world right now. I'd rather just be at home. But I can, I can roll with it. So this guy escorts us to this theater. And we enter. And it's a, a little tiny theater. It, it kind of looks timeless. It's the only way I could describe it. Very bare. Uh, there's like four rows of seats, these black seats. Uh, so it seats maybe 20 people, some stairs. People could stand along the side. He leads, us, he leads us in there, and he points to two chairs. Now, everything, all the other chairs are black, but these two say reserved on them, but like in comically-sized manner. It's like reserved, covers the whole back of the seat. And he's like, there's your seats. I'm like, okay, all right. I was hoping to sit back a little more. Like, this is way more full-on engagement with the universe than I needed at that moment. But I sit down uh, next to David, and people start to come in. And I'm watching people come in. Now, I'm full-on pot brownie effect right now, right? So I know that. But you have to understand that in this moment, I full-on believed what I'm about to say. As I watch people come in, and I'm watching, and, and no one's really talking. There's something seems off to me. Like, there's like a hushed manner, and I'm like, oh, 
this is all for us. Every <laughs> We're the only two not in on this. I fully believe that, okay? <laughs> and I say that to David. I was like, I think this is all for us. <laughs> now, David, he's only had like a beer. He's perfectly sober, but, you know, he's, he's a pretty out there dude. He's like, that'd be pretty crazy. You know, that's all he says. And we settle in. And the magician comes out. And he's like um, a slightly heavyset guy dressed like, like an Italian street magician or something i don't know <laughs> again timeless kind of guy good stage presence though he comes out it's even more of a hushed tone and he goes i have practiced the following move every day for the last 40 years and he does a sleight of hand trick at that line and the movement he did with this coin i'm like i'm i'm in on this show you know what i mean like <laughs> you have gotten the right audience member so he does a couple things, a couple jokes in there, like old-timey jokes, get some laughs. And then he says, I, I need two people up here. There's two chairs. I know it's next to the table. And that's when I'm like, oh, shit, we're going to be those two people, you know? I don't want to be on stage right now. It's the last thing on earth I want to do. Uh, but he looks around the room, and no, he, he makes eye contact with this woman that I hadn't even noticed before to my left. And he says, what's your name? And she says, Dominique. Yeah, not Cheryl, okay? Dominique, and she's a beautiful blonde woman. This long dress. He's like, come up here. And so she like glides up to the stage. And then he looks around the room, and he locks eyes with me. He says, what's your name? I said, James. And he's like, come up here. So there's no way I could stress how high I am at this point. Like, there's... This is a nightmare scenario. You know, like, this is, could you imagine right now, one of you, you've had too much of a pot brownie, and I'm like, come up here. Stand before these people. But I'm like, all right, all right, all right, J-Vic. I gave myself a nickname. Um, you're performing. You can handle this. Just go up there and be cool. So I did. I stand in the chair. I sit in the chair, like, legs crossed, and I watch, and he introduces us, and then he does, he does some tricks. At one point, he says to uh, Dominique, he has, her, he has her pick a card, and she does. And then he, he, you know, I don't even remember. I was kind of in my own head at this point. Um, but he does some stuff that's cool. And he, but he holds up a card to her. I remember this part. Clearly, I'm sitting right at the other, other end of the table. And after she picked a card and he, and he pulled it out, he shows it to her, but he goes, this is only going to mean something to you. And he holds it up to her, and she's like, oh, my God. I don't know what the hell it was. I was, I was two feet. I don't know what happened. But that happened, okay? And then he, he goes to me. He, he splits a deck, and he's like, pick a card. And I, like, I like kind of generally point. He's like, no, use your lucky finger. Yeah, he said that. I was like, what? But I point to a card. He does some magic stuff and uh produces the card you know and shows the audience this one brings everyone in and it's like oh all right he does some other stuff but while he's doing it i'm thinking oh, now i'm convinced oh well i've doubled down on the fact that this is all for us i mean i was picked you know and so i start to think everyone's watching us like Kristen, her friend you know everyone like 
how deep does this go? I look around. I see everyone in the audience is wearing these. All the guys are wearing dark jackets. I have on a light-colored jacket that I got at Banana Republic that day from some guy that worked there at the very last second. I hadn't even seen him before. I'm like, did they plant someone at the Banana Republic? How deep does the fucking Magic Castle go? You know, what am I witness to? This is literally what I'm thinking on stage as he does this thing. But I'm like, somehow through circumstances, I've been chosen for something. And this is the most amazing magic show I've ever seen, right? Imagine a whole room of things designed for you. And um, <laughs> so the show ends and I say that to him. The guy's, he's like putting his stuff away. I'm like, I'm sitting down next to him. I'm like, that was the greatest show I've ever seen. And he's just very casual. He's like, thank you. You know, like he kind of knew it or he realized I was just the high guy that he had picked. Um, can't, couldn't read him. Um, but I walk out of the room to see David on the other side of the room. The girls, they had gone to another part. They'd seen some magic. Um, and I was like, that was, that was something, huh? And at dinner, I, I carry around a little notebook and pen all the time. At dinner, when I, I was starting to get high, and we were having a very good conversation, I wrote down one thing only. And it was something this woman Blair had said where she was describing someone and she said you couldn't quite put a finger on it. And I, I just like that, you know, I know that phrase, but I just like the way she said it so I'd written it down and I said that to David. I was like, man, that show is something. It's like I wrote down earlier, it's like there's something about it, you can't quite put a finger on it. You know, it's weird that that's the one thing I wrote down. And then he goes, yeah. And he had you do that finger thing. Oh, why the fuck did you just have to tell me that? Yeah, you're right. Oh, my Lord. Um, I'm going to reveal something right now that I'm actually somewhat embarrassed. I haven't said out loud really before. But at that point, I thought perhaps I had died and this was some sort of heaven. <laughs> that is a true statement. Okay. Not in hindsight. In the moment, I'm like, well, so this is it. Um, it's not bad, actually. I, I was super thirsty and still had that thing wedged in the back of my throat, you know, by the way. At one point, I thought he was going to pull out a card and that was going to be it for my throat and I would have just died. But uh, I was so thirsty. We met up with, our, with uh, the rest of the group, including my wife, and she instantly handed me a glass of water. I was like, well, that's what would happen, right? You're thirsty. Someone just hands you a glass of water. So I'm like, all right, we got an accident on the way here and this is heaven. Just settle in, you know? I just... I rolled with it. So now this happened about a year ago. And in my mind, okay, so I tell that story. I'm 98% sure that I was just, I was, I was privy to a cool show and I was too high for it, okay? But there's 1% of me that's like, it was an unbelievably cool show. Like, it really was all for us. And 1% of me that's, I died that night and this is all still part of... <laughs> the afterlife for me and I'm cool with any of the scenarios. Thanks everyone. Boys Will Be Boys Tales of Male Follies performed every other month at the Virgil in Los Angeles 4519 Santa Monica Boulevard. It's produced and hosted by me, Joe Tower, and all promotional materials designed by Alex Cadet. The podcast will be released every month featuring one new story per episode. It's hosted and produced by again, me, Joe Tower, an executive produced and edited by Brian Weiss. Thanks for listening.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.